Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to remember that the world in its present form is passing away and help us to live in light of that. Teach us this by your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today I want to talk about ephemerality. Ephemerality, what a great word, ephemerality. Ephemeral things last only a short time. Put your hand up if you like building sandcastles. So a few, oh, there's many hands up. Maybe I'll even extend it. Put up your hand if you used to like building sandcastles, even if you haven't done it for many years. They're good fun, aren't they? It's the time for sandcastles. Now, put up your hand if you have ever built a sandcastle that has lasted a year. Put up your hand if you've built a sandcastle that has lasted a month, a week, a day. Maybe a day. Sandcastles are ephemeral. They have ephemerality. They don't last. They pass away. Today's reading from 1 Corinthians 7 says that our world, as we experience it now, is ephemeral. Verse 29, the time is short. Verse 31, the world, this world, in its present form, is passing away. What does this mean? It doesn't mean that, oh, look, you know, life is short. You don't know how long you've got. The years will fly by before you know it. Is that what it means? And, or does it mean something slightly different? Does it mean that life is change? That nothing lasts? And whatever you have now, you won't have it before too long. Now, if life is short and the years fly by then maybe that means we should dive into life while it lasts we should drink deep and enjoy it we should uh, say to ourselves look we only live once life's not a dress rehearsal the grave is forever let's let's get in there and suck the marrow out of life but if the meaning is that life is change and everything passes away, maybe we should actually detach ourselves from what we will surely lose. We should not want what we cannot keep. Everything is sandcastles, so don't get too attached to it. And once we see that truth, then we won't be disappointed by life, we'll actually be much more content. Now, Paul, the apostle who wrote these words, meant neither of those things. He did not mean, life is short, so dive in. Neither did he mean, life is change, so don't hold on to anything. He meant this. There's a better world coming soon. When he said the time is short, he means the time until God makes all things new. When he says the world in its present form is passing away, he expects the world to come in a new and better form, to come into being. 
As he says later in 1 Corinthians 15, the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Another way to say it is the ephemeral must clothe itself with eternity. At midnight on January 1st, in the year 2000, the Sydney Harbour Bridge was lit up with the word eternity. In copperplate script, the copperplate handwriting that a man called Arthur Stace used to write the word eternity in chalk on the footpaths of Sydney. Stace lived a tough life, an alcoholic, a child of alcoholic parents, an alcoholic himself. He went to jail, then to the uh, AIF in World War I. He became a Christian at the age of 45 and, inspired by a sermon, felt called by God to write the word eternity in chalk on the streets of Sydney. He got up at 4am and was undetected for 27 years. Nobody knew who it was who wrote eternity at railway station entrances on footpaths But Arthur Stace wanted people to think beyond the world in its present form. For the world in its present form is passing away. And beyond ephemerality is eternity. Now if we did this, if we lived in light of the fact that time is short and that on the heels of this life will follow the judgment of God and all things made new, how should we live? Paul has some puzzling instructions. He says in our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians 7, From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed. What can he possibly mean? He is not saying disengage from the world, don't marry, don't mourn, don't rejoice and be happy, don't buy, don't use the things of the world. He's not telling Christians to go off and be monks and nuns, live on a pole in the desert. He's not saying don't live ordinary lives of work and family, etc. We are those who have wives or husbands, who mourn, who are happy, who buy, who use the things of the world. But Christians live those ordinary lives in a non-ordinary way. The things that might be absolutely important to some people, getting married, being happy, buying possessions, enjoying the world as we have it, these things are not everything to us. We know they are ephemeral. They are not lasting. They are temporary. We know that a better and more lasting life, eternal life, awaits. And so those who have wives should be as if they had no wife. Now, again, you might think, how does this help us, Ben? This is still mysterious. I want to suggest it doesn't mean neglect your wife if you're a husband. You know, just do whatever you like as if she doesn't exist. As if you made no vows. It means perhaps more, something more like, you know, 
being married or not married should not be your only or most important concern. The passage actually comes in the middle of some counsel Paul is giving to people about deciding whether or not to marry. Paul has just written to such people, those who marry will face many troubles in this life and I want to spare you this. Paul understands, however, that people want to marry and there is no sin in getting married. But, Paul says, whether we are married or not, we live for a world beyond the world where people get married. We live for a world beyond the world where people get married. This is not easy, however, because although Paul says the time is short, it can also be our experience that life is long and it catches us up in its joys and sorrows, and we can easily become engrossed in its buying and selling, its travelling and enjoying, its marrying and seeking marriage, and as if these things are all there is, they fill our horizons, they become important to us, and eternity seems rather distant and invisible, easily forgotten. Perhaps the way forward here is to cultivate a concern for the Lord's affairs, Paul's aim is that people be concerned about serving the Lord. He goes on to say immediately after this passage, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. He goes on to say the reverse thing about women, about unmarried women being concerned about the Lord's affairs, but married women needing to divide their interest. Arthur Stace became concerned about the Lord's affairs, and he found a way to serve the Lord by pointing his fellow human beings to the eternity that we all approach. It's estimated he wrote the word eternity over half a million times over 35 years. Only a couple of examples of his actual chalk scripts survive. And a very ephemeral way to remind people of something non-ephemeral. But if you and I, like Arthur Stace, become really concerned about the Lord's affairs, and not simply concerned about the affairs of this life, then I think we will learn what it means to mourn as if we did not mourn to be happy as if we were not happy, to buy as if it were not ours to keep. The meaning of this will become clearer if we share not only concerns for ourselves and our lives in this world, but the Lord's concerns. Some people talk about buying their forever home, where they plan to settle with a spouse, raise kids and be happy forever. A Christian who is concerned to serve the Lord will not call their house their forever home. Because our forever home, of course, is not here. It is with the Lord. The houses we buy here are, again, temporary, ephemeral. And we have them to help us serve the Lord. Perhaps the Lord will call us to a, a different place, a different house. Perhaps this house will need to be given up and we may mourn at this. It may be genuinely tragic and difficult, but we also know that the world in its present form is passing away and we are here not for what we can get and enjoy now, but for how we can serve the Lord. 
And so which of the Lord's concerns, the Lord's affairs, has he put on your hearts to be your concern? The Lord has many aspects to his affairs in this world. Perhaps you are concerned with the Christian formation of the children and youth of St Edmunds. Perhaps you are concerned with connecting local families to the people here at St Edmunds. Perhaps you're concerned with the spiritual encouragement of those living in local aged care homes. Perhaps you're concerned about the ignorance that so many school kids, even in Anglican schools, have regarding the Bible and Christ and the Gospel. Perhaps you're concerned about the members of your family who would really be better off coming to church and knowing God. Perhaps you're concerned about the mission work done by people we know in countries around the world. Perhaps you're concerned about the need for a new generation of people to become pastors of churches and to care for Christ's flock. People at St Edmunds have concerns about all of these things. And not only just have concerns about them, but they are actively involved in doing something to address those concerns, to progress those affairs. This is a good thing. Can I encourage you to pray that God would grow your concern for his affairs, the affairs not of ephemerality, but eternity, so that you and I will look beyond what is ephemeral towards what is eternal? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would teach us what it means to live in the time that is short. To mourn as if we did not, to be happy as if we were not, to buy things as if they were not ours to keep, to use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. As we understand that this world in its present form is passing away, help us to look and labour for the world that is coming into being, the world of your eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.